All right, another episode here of Whiskey Throttle Radio. Thank you so much for listening. On this show, we have privateer out of Minnesota, number 49, Henry Miller. And he comes on, we talk about jumping up to the 450 class this past weekend in New York in 16th in the main. Uh, his season so far, outdoors coming up and, you know, training down at Club MX in South Carolina. Also on this episode, we'll be, in, we'll be privateer out of the St. Louis area. It's Bubba Polly. We talked to him about making his first main in 2019 in New York. His program, driving all the rounds, and privateer life in general. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, Blood Lubricants. Awesome support for us here. They've been on for almost a year, I would I would say. Jeff Green over there, awesome guy, really helping out, helping a lot, out a lot of privateers as well. High quality racing oil, um, the greaser, cha- uh, chain lube. They got everything over there, so make sure to check them out at bloodlubricants.com. And use promo code WHISKEY. That's uh, promo code WHISKEY for 25% off all products on bloodlubricants.com. That's B-L-U-D, lubricants.com. Also, huge shout-out to Risk Racing, makers of high-quality, innovative motocross products, riskracing.com. Check them out. As always, catch us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. All right, showtime. Minnesota, number 49, Henry Miller. What's up, dude? How's it going? Uh, just hanging out. Just got done road biking, actually. Uh, just got back about five minutes ago, so just just got undressed quick, changed, and uh, just looking forward to this. Hey, perfect timing, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, hey, man, uh, 16th in the 450 class in New York, New Jersey, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you got to be feeling pretty good <laughs> after that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I felt actually pretty accomplished with that due to the circumstances. Um, I didn't. I rode two days on the 450 on a Supercross track, and I was just like, "Yeah, let's ride the let's ride the 450 this weekend." So I got in touch with the AMA people, and they're like, "Yeah, just do this. Fill up this paper and bring with, and we'll get you situated." And we threw my, my 250 Supercross suspension on the 450, and we're just like, "Um, that's." gonna have to do for this weekend and it actually worked really well to be honest just because i think i like a stiffer setting and i think it was a good setting even for the two fit or 450 this weekend due to the track condition so i actually think it benefited me a little bit so yeah i mean it was, it was a good weekend can't complain yeah, I wanted to ask. Um, I was kind of surprised to see you out there on the 450. Why the why the sudden uh, change? Uh, just just trying to stay relevant with the 450 because we got Hangtown coming up here in what two two weeks? I think it is, or a little over two weeks. So 
just trying to stay relevant to the 450, the power, and be used to the bike. And uh, I'm not in any spectacular position in points or anything on the 250, so it's been an up and down on that. So we just thought maybe a uh, change of pace would be a good thing for me, and it looked like it uh, worked out pretty well. Yeah, the, it definitely paid off for you. It was cool. I could definitely see you um, with that neon gear you got going just on the TV program. I could always see that bright helmet of yours, and it seemed like you're always right up there doing really good. Yeah, uh, I always like wearing the bright colors. I think I think it just makes me stand out a little bit more. I try to wear my neon helmet and my neon gear as much as possible. And uh, FXR has a really – they have a really – bright colorway with most of their gear so it actually works out really well and it makes it easy and visible for people to see me kind of like you said Mm -hmm. yeah definitely um uh, you mentioned the track conditions just from tv it looked a little odd almost out there and everyone kind of seemed like they were struggling and i know a lot of riders didn't really like it too much um how was the track um honestly i liked it but i i'm more of an outdoors guy Mm -hmm. which this weekend, not not like it was an outdoor track. It just was, the dirt was different. It looked hard on top, but it was a spongier dirt. So it kind of pulls you around and it, it it made you work a little bit more. And the whoops, those things were difficult. Yeah. They started off yeah. as skimmers. By the end of the first round of practice, I mean, even in just my first practice, I was struggling just to skim them. So jumping was, was the way to go and just... uh figuring your way through all the ruts and the rhythms, the holes, just kind of just all the weird little spots on the track. Uh, I I think it was just, it was a little bit different than what we've been dealing with here these past few weekends. But for myself, I liked it. Um, I wasn't playing it at all. And um, it was, it was a good track. Yeah, it definitely, uh, definitely showed in your main event, like we talked about earlier, but uh, so, you know, just talking about your season as a whole, are you happy with it? Um, what are some things you, which you could have changed or how, how's it going? Um, I mean, I wish we wouldn't have had so many up and down weekends on the 250, but I mean, you can only do so much. You can't go back and change anything. So you just leave it behind you and focus on the next week. So I've been just getting better at, uh, taking the good from the bad and moving forward and, we're uh, focusing on the next race and the next weekend and what's to come and not so much trying to change what already has happened. Uh, but I would, I would definitely wish I could have made more mains on the 250 and been a little more consistent, but you know, with the injury I had on off season or last year and then having hip surgery in the off season and not be able to train or ride actually when everybody else was and only getting to ride probably two or three weeks coming into the season on Supercross and changing to a completely different motorcycle that I've never rode. I would say that, I mean, it was, it was kind of a successful year. Stayed off the ground for the most part, coming out of Supercross healthy, going into motor motocross, which is what I really look forward to and hope to have an outstanding year in that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been an up and down year but looking to change that. So having, um, like, I didn't even realize that you were injured prior to the season and you had surgery and all that, so that's definitely uh, tougher coming in. Is that kind of why you chose to do the 250 East? Because we saw you on 450s last year. 
Yeah, definitely is why I, I actually chose the 250 just because of the time frame and just not being on the bike at all and changing bikes. Like, you can't just come out swinging in Supercross on two days of riding. Like, that, you're just asking to get injured and um, kind of just got to look at the big picture and uh, realize that it's there's more to it than just racing Supercross and just this year in general, like, so I was just trying to do what was best and um, what was going to be give me the most time to prep and be prepared for racing, and that was uh, that was the option we came up with was to run the 250 East and uh, see where that took us. Why the why the switch to KTM? Because we like you said, it's a change for you. We seen you on Yamahas and uh, Suzuki last year in Supercross. Why the change? Um, KTM is just a really strong bike just honestly straight out of the crate uh you don't have to throw as much money at it to get it to liven up and be fast and good and um in every aspect so it was and i i kind of felt like i just needed to to hit the reset button on supercross last year and outdoors i, I struggled just fighting my injuries and stuff like that so I, I uh it was a good refresh and a good reset uh for me and I'm glad I actually made that decision because I really love these bikes and they're really good. Yeah, I'm a I'm a KTM guy myself. I have a 350. Uh, I race off road, but I love my bike. It seems like um, even the, at the pro level, a lot of the guys that do ride it and try it out really seem to like it too. And like you said, it's a definitely a good base to build off. Yeah, it, it's a it's a lot easier almost to start with a good base than it is to already start. A few steps behind and as being a privateer it, it it's an advantage as a privateer because it's it's expensive to go racing and you gotta try to save money in some spots yet saving money in this sport usually is not mm-hmm. not something that is possible or something that's going to benefit you not it's possible just not something that really benefits you or is going to help you in the long run so we had to make the best of the situation of uh what we had and what kind of budget we were working with yeah definitely makes sense uh talk about your program a little bit are you you know are you full privateer driving all around you getting a fly to some and where are you riding at during the week um i have let's see i drove I drove to from South Carolina to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to Texas, Texas back to South Carolina. I've drove to every round so far, um, but I will get to fly to Vegas. That is going to be nice. I'm going to fly to Vegas, fly home, and then do some suspension testing and then head out to Cali uh, the weekend before Hangtown. But um, I'm located right down by self or right by uh close met so i live right down there and that's where i've been doing all my riding and stuff during the weeks and uh it's where that's home base for me is close uh, i just recently made a, my one of my first big boy purchases i built a house actually so oh, awesome. i'm permanently down here and living the dream yeah sounds like it man um i know you guys got a it seems like it grows every year. There's a, a lot of good guys down there at club. Uh, who do you primarily ride with? Um, Josh Osby has been so on Supercross season this year. Mainly it's been Josh Osby, 
um, Freddie Norn, Justin Brayton. Uh, Joey Crown was here, but he's had a little stream of injuries. Then we have, let's see, um, Pennington, Chase Pennington was down here. Obviously, he got hurt too. Um, then there's just been a few guys popping in and out during the weeks, and just that'll come down. Uh, some of the JGR guys at the start of the season were coming down and riding just because we were having a wetter season. But uh, mainly that's just our little group there for Supercross, and it's uh, pretty good, and uh, we keep each other on our toes. What's it? Uh, what's it like riding with JB? Obviously, he's a veteran and he's been around for a long time. Uh, riding with JB, I, I think it's really beneficial because he's a guy you can like. He's faster, obviously. He's obviously faster, and it's it's really nice, honestly, because he can push you and you can you can learn from him, even if he is passing you or something you can learn and see what he's doing on his laps and try to learn off of him. And he's, he's a really good dude and he's always willing to help and trying to help everyone. Like we all kind of help each other out during the week and gave each other pointers on lines and stuff and what we could do better, that, that sort of thing. So I think it's really beneficial to have JB, um, as you said, he's a veteran. So he helps us, he helps all of us out quite a bit and we're honestly real thankful to have him and be able to train with him every day. Yeah. That, it, it always seems good. You know, even I think at any level when you're riding, probably with any sport to, you know, if you ride or train with guys who can help you push to the next level, it's always going to be good. I got to ask, I saw Osby out at the camp Coker GNCC, which isn't too far from club. Uh, you had no desire to do that. Uh, honestly, I would have loved to, but with the situation of only having yeah. race 250s and a brand new 450, the bike situation just wasn't, I, I couldn't put, my race bike probably wouldn't have made it through on the 250s, mm-hmm. and I don't think I could just do that much damage to a brand new bike, because I, I really wanted to do it, but I just, I didn't have a bike to do it on, and I would have loved to do it. Um, I was thinking about maybe seeing if I could hit the Ironman GNCC at the end of the year. And, uh, when the bike's got a few more hours on it, don't feel as bad then. But, uh, I really would have, would have loved to do it just cause it's so close to home. Yeah. It probably would have been pretty gnarly on with supercross suspension and all that too. Yeah. It, it would have probably been the roughest ride of my life, to be honest. I, <laughs> Yeah, Josh said it was pretty rough. He did it on a bone stock 450, and he he said by the last lap, he was, like, looking for the leaders mm-hmm. to, to see when they were going to lap him. He's like, I honestly couldn't hold on any longer. I was praying they were going to lap me, and he, sl- he said he slowed down a little bit just so that he would get lapped because he said his hands just could yeah. not do it anymore. Yeah, but uh, I would really love to do one of those just to experience it. Yeah, I uh, I just started. I I've done like I'm from Florida originally. I'm in Charlotte now, but I had done you know the Florida one a couple times. But this year I got to do a couple more, and they are super gnarly, super gnarly, so different. Um, 
riding the different terrains and stuff. But I, I was stoked to see that Osby, you know, he finished the whole three hours. You know, he could have easily pulled off and said, F this, I'm over it. But uh, that was cool to see. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, you just got off the road bike. What else do you like to do for, you know, off-the-bike training? Um, I, I do some mountain biking, mainly mountain biking, road biking, and then just the gym. There's there's not a whole much whole lot more. I I stay away from running just because I have a bad hip that I have hip mm-hmm. surgery on. So running's really not good for that, and uh, that's about it. But yeah, stay in the gym on the bike, the bicycles, and on the dirt bike. Probably the the best things that I have in my bag for uh, training. It seems like uh, a lot of guys I have on here always like the road biking and mountain biking, definitely good cross training stuff. Uh, you may mention, uh, obviously outdoors are coming up. Uh, you've really shined outdoors last two years, uh, been the top privateer or top three, at least I know two years ago, you're definitely probably the top privateer. And then last year, like you said, you had, you know, coming back from injury struggle a little more, but you're still killing it. Uh, what are the goals this year? Um, the goals this year, honestly, I would like to be in the top 10 a few more times. I mean, I've, I was right there last year. Uh, I think I got I got a tenth and eleventh at Millville, home track. Um, was kind of disappointed. I was having bike problems at Southwick because I really love Southwick and uh, I usually stand out there. So hopefully this year we have a little bit better bike bike luck when we go to Southwick. Um, but I'd really like to put it up there in the top ten a, a good couple times this year in the outdoors and really show everyone what I can do and what kind of damage I can do. Yeah, I mean, I and I, de- I definitely think you can. Obviously, um, I, 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 you know, I still think about what could have been with that whole shot at Millville two years ago. Um, I think that would have been home track and everything. I'm sure you think about it a lot too, though. Oh yeah, I was thinking about it. Probably, I honestly probably thought about nothing but that for a couple of days on end. Just like, man, I mean, I would have. <laughs> I would have definitely put some laps down and I would have definitely led a few laps or we would have had a, a repeat of what we had, a, mm-hmm. a nice crash, but I would have definitely gone down swinging. Yeah. You never really know with this sport. So, you know, it could have been a blessing in disguise. You could have gone out there, led a bunch of laps and maybe even had a, a bigger one or something and got hurt. So that's what always helps me through like a, when I'm pissing myself for making a mistake on the bike or something like, oh, well, maybe this would happen if I didn't do that. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you can only try and keep trying and uh, try to accomplish what your dreams and what you hope you can do and what you thought you could do that time and just get better off of them mistakes and learn from that and hopefully make it happen one day. Definitely, man. Uh, let's take it back way back now. Uh, how did you first you know, get started with motocross? Um, so I live about 35, 40 minutes away from Spring Creek, my home track. Um, so my dad took me down there, let's see, back in like 04 to watch the Pro National. And I really like, like just watching it and stuff. And we went to the local race the next weekend, watched them ride, watched them race. And then while we were there, Somebody had a bike for a uh, little 50 for sale, and we've ended. My dad ended up buying it for me, and I just uh, fell in love with 
practice them there. And it's kind of just something I've done my whole life. It's all I really know and it's all I really do. So, I mean, if it wasn't for living so close mm-hmm. to Millville, honestly, I don't know if it would have ever happened, but it was really cool just that seeing it really brightened, brightened me up and really made me want to do it. So I'm really thankful that I lived that close and was and had the opportunity and the parents that supported me to do it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I, w- I love asking this question because it seems like every answer is different. You know, some's like, oh, yeah, I had an older brother that rode, so I got into it at my parents' road. Or some, and then a story like yours, I, you know, I went to the local race, there was a bike for sale, and next thing you know, I'm racing professional supercross. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my dad never, he never raced motocross. My dad raced uh, snowcross, and he raced, he actually raced quads um, a little bit, and that's about it. So no dirt bikes for him, it's just, he didn't want me on a quad, mm-hmm. but uh he thought it was cool that I liked uh, the dirt bike, so he got me into that instead. Yeah, definitely a cool story. Uh, how was your amateur career? Did you do the whole Loretta's thing and all that? Uh, yeah, I think I did a Loretta's eight times, I think it was. Um, always seemed to have that one bad moto that mm-hmm. kind of just wrecked the whole whole class overall or the weekend or something. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I went there eight years from – 85 to a class was my last year um best i ever did i got fourth overall in the 450b class and i got a or third overall sorry and a fourth overall in 250b so that's that's the best that uh loretta's ever did to me and i got a few amateur championships um at like ponca just just uh other races oak hill um but yeah, nothing too spectacular. I was always that that fourth place guy, or I was the, the guy that always finished right behind the factory yeah. kids. I I could never find my way to be right in front of them or something like that. So um, I've always been the the guy that's just on the the shadows. Uh, Jerry Robin didn't beat you on that old CR, did he? Jerry has never beat me on that. Actually, no. Um, not that I can recall, no. He's, I've raced him on it a few times at the local Millville races, and I don't recall that he's ever beat me on it. But uh, that thing was sweet, and it ripped, and I, I give him props for racing that and um, riding it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was so cool to see. I remember you know, just seeing when the videos first came out. In Florida, we had a, like a vintage series, and I had an 85 CR500, so I just thought it was super cool to see. Um, but so I'm sure you rode, you raced Jerry a lot. Like you said, who else did you kind of race, um, you know, growing up? Um, yeah, I raced Jerry every weekend, pretty much since we were on fifties, fifties to B class. We raced every weekend that there was a spring Creek or a Millville race and some other little local races. Uh, other than that, um, people that you may know that I raced with, there isn't really anyone well, I raced, I grew up racing with Cameron McAdoo too, a little bit. Um, on that, there's just no one in my my age group that I raced with consistently or something. There's they were the faster kids were always a year or two ahead of me. So um, me and Jerry mainly went at it and uh, we had fun with it. Yeah, I guess uh, like J Mart, 
and obviously like Dungey and Amar are way older, but Jamar even would be a little bit older too. Yeah, those, all those guys are uh, a few years ahead of me. I'm only 21, and they got a couple years on me. So I I just got to watch them race. Um, I don't think I ever raced Amart or Dungey. I did end up racing Jamar um, at Loretta's one year. It was his last or his first or last year in B, and it was my very first time ever racing 250B or a, a B race in a national. So that's that's about as far or as close as I've gotten to racing with him until until I went pro. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, so hey, man, you turned pro in 2016. Are you happy with your career so far? Um, uh, it's been pretty good. I I would say. Uh, I've had some ups and downs, but uh, I'm just thankful to be able to do this and, and do this for a living and uh, have fun with it and keep on doing it, honestly. So hopefully we uh, can keep on keeping on and uh, get get some better, a few, few little better results and have uh, have some fun with it, you know, um, and keep on doing it as long as I can. Yeah, that's definitely sounds like a good plan um and I'm, I'm super excited to see what you can do this year in outdoors uh you may mention it earlier you're more of an outdoor guy and your results have definitely showed for it the past two years uh but before i let you go henry who do you want to thank for getting you out there um i definitely got to give it up to my mom my dad my sister my grandparents all them people for supporting me throughout all the years um stussy construction that's the main man behind everything that i'm doing this year uh, without him, honestly, don't know what I'd be doing. FXR, they're a big part in what I do. Um, those guys are great, always treated me great. Uh, R&B Car Company, he helps me out a lot, too. Method Pools, he really hooks it up. Um, Justin Brayton Shop, 10 Cycles, and guys, uh, they help me out with bikes and parts. EVS, Motion Pro, Black Diamond, FMF, Power Band, 6D, Guts, CD, Hinton. Um, JL Photography, um, just a local photographer from, from back home. She really helps me out also. Uh, X-Brand, Twin Air, RECMX, Blood Lubricants, um, Hoosier Tires. They really help me out a lot also. But uh, just And just everyone that helps me and supports me throughout all these years and keeps me going. Awesome, man. Well, thank you again for coming on, and you enjoy uh, the rest of your day, and good luck in Vegas. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. See you. Have a good one. I want to talk to you guys about oil and not just any oil. I'm talking about blood lubricants. Blood is a manufacturer of advanced technology, synthetic lubricants for the racing industry. Jeff Green has been producing high quality synthetic lubricants since 1983 and is constantly pushing the bar for high quality oil. Blood sponsors top privateers like Henry Miller and Tyler Bowers and offers sponsorship programs from the amateur level all the way to the pros. Racing is in their blood. Whether you're ripping up the motocross track, hitting the hills on a side-by-side, or cruising back roads on your street bike, Blood Lubricants has you covered with their 100% synthetic oil, specifically engineered for high-performance machines, and their superior anti-wear technology that optimizes wet clutch performance and keeps your engine clean and reduces varnish. Make sure to check out their website, bloodlubricants.com. That's B-L-U-D, lubricants.com, or buyblood.com, B-U-I-B-L-U-D.com. All products have a 100% guarantee, 
and be sure to use the promo code whiskey to receive the 25% off all products. Again, that's the promo code whiskey for 25% off all products. All right, back to the show. All right, on the line with me right now, uh, Privateer, Bubba Polly. What's up, man? How's it going? That's good. We're just driving down the road, headed out to Las Vegas for the final round of the AMA Supercross Series. Man, I I understand why they do it, you know, weather and all that, but it's got to suck having New York and then Vegas right after. Yeah, it's definitely not the ideal situation when we race in uh, Denver the week before, which is halfway there. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, so it's actually kind of in the middle. So we were able to all butt home on uh, Saturday night, got home Sunday from New York, and then we was home a couple days this week, and we just left today, uh, Wednesday. So uh, it worked out, I guess, as good as it could be for the long travel. Yeah, it, uh, it probably – the drive's probably not so bad either, you know, after making your first main event of the season in New York. Yeah, that definitely helps. Um, it, it seems like often uh, some of the things uh, get shuffled back pretty quick. Though. So you got new week, new challenges, and new things popping up. So, uh, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't like to stay too up on the things, you know, just kind of put your head back down and, and get working hard again because uh, the next challenge is going to be right at us. But uh, it definitely does does make it more enjoyable when you're doing good definitely a lot better than when you're not yeah i i can definitely understand that um let's talk a little bit about new york or new jersey whatever uh, they want to call it but track seemed a little tough the dirt was kind of funky huh yeah they got a, a bunch of rain there on friday uh so they had the track all covered up and it, it's normally kind of got a hard base there but it rained so much the water kind of leaked around all the tarps and from the floor and soaked into the base layer of the dirt so the tops of the jumps were really dry, and the bottoms were really soft and spongy. So had a lot of rips in it, um, and then hard spots also. So uh, it was funny because it was really soft but dusty at the same time in the first qualifying sessions, and then uh, they you know, got some water on it. And it ended up being a really good racetrack, uh, but very technical, yeah, with the ruts and the holes and the track. Is, um, you know, at the main event, it was absolutely destroyed. But um, I, I'd much rather race on tracks like that than – you know, smoother tracks, you know, it separates people a little bit more. Um, I think that's real racing, you know, when you got guys making mistakes, you know, all over and you got to be, uh, you know, got to be on it. Yeah, I was going to actually ask that exact question. Um, do you prefer kind of ruddy and technical or, or something more like Vegas this weekend where it's super dry? Um, it's more just about not sliding out in the corners and throttle control. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely prefer, um, you know, a lot of traction and, and readier. Um, but Vegas, actually, for the qualifying sessions, tends to be a little bit more technical than uh, most people would think because it's so the dirt, like hard concrete clay out there. But to make it good, they have to water it a ton and they have to keep it kind of loose. So for the qualifying sessions, it actually ends up being kind of ruddy and uh, a little floppy and messy at first. And then that uh, normally makes for a really good racetrack at night. Obviously, you do some really hard slippery spots, but um, but it's it's different than uh, all the other races uh, for sure. So, but that's nice to know, you know, racing season after season, knowing what you're coming into. So, the advantage, I guess you say, I have. Yeah, yeah, that makes that doesn't make a lot of sense um, unless it just dumps rain. Like what was that? I guess 2016 or 17 <laughs> out in the desert. Yeah, that was that was wild. We raced. Uh, 
all 17 races that year and not a single mud race and we get to the last round in the desert and it just downpours and I've never seen anything like that. That's probably one of the nastiest, muddiest races I've ever done in the desert. Like yeah. everybody was just mind blown. Yeah, definitely uh, probably not what you're you're thinking, you know. You know, some races you might think like Denver with the snow, you're like, okay, it could be muddy. Um, whereas Vegas, you're probably not even thinking about that. Yeah, no, I definitely caught everybody off guard for sure. And I, I remember the pits were like underwater and uh, it was it was crazy. Uh, by far one of the, the strangest races I've been to with the, just the crazy pop-up weather and the qualifying they took the free practice times from the B group. And then I think the A group got their first time session in. So they took their times from that. We didn't even get to go out more than once before the race. So in the B group and uh, it, it was, it was, it was just crazy for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so first main this weekend in, in New York, uh, but how has your season been so far? Are you happy with the way you've been riding? Yeah, this year has been a little different than most for me. Uh, started off with some pretty good momentum. Uh, I made main event in San Diego in round five this year, and then slowly from there, I kind of got worse for a while, um, and then kind of started regrouping and building back up and had some bits and pieces of good performances, and then this last weekend in New York, I was able to finally feel like I was myself, and I still felt like I had room for improvement, but man, I was it felt good just to get that out of the way after what felt like almost two months of, of struggle, basically. Um, you know, I was like, man, that's how I wanted to ride, you know, all year, you know, just feeling on the bike. And uh, so it was, it was a big sign of relief, honestly, you know, coming two rounds to go, I was like, man, if I don't turn this around, I'm going to be really, really disappointed with myself. But, um, you know, we had a week off before that with the Easter break and was able to, uh, get some good time on at the track and just kind of rest and recover a little bit more too so i was able to come in fresh and motivated and, and uh just more like myself yeah man uh, what's uh what's your program like obviously you're driving in the rounds are you able to ride it all during the week or is it kind of just hitting the road um yeah i mean we try to do honestly too much a lot of times but uh with the travel and um depending on where it is where we're going how the weather is and stuff but We've been pretty good at getting at least two days on the track uh, every week. This this week at home, we were home for um, Monday, Tuesday, and today's Wednesday we left. But we were able to ride Monday, and then it rained on Tuesday, so we missed out on that day. But, um, yeah, normally we try to hammer down with the driving and get to where we're going as quick as we can and try to rest a little bit and make sure we're getting time on the track and then make sure we're getting to the next race, too. So the weeks are definitely um, – but, you know, it's uh, what you sign up for, I guess. Yeah, it's just uh, seems like a life of the privateer. Yeah, that's for sure. So you've been on uh, Kawasaki's here for, uh, your whole career, it looks like. Why Why the green bike? Why uh, KX? Um, I actually rode a Honda for two seasons, but um, that was it. Uh, but then, I mean, when I started out riding when I was 10 years old, I was on a KX 110 and um, always stuck with it. And my one... Uh, local shop was a Kawasaki dealer and my dad knew the guy and time to get a motorcycle for me that's where he went and uh you know I always liked them and you know they were good they had good contingency programs as an amateur and stuff and that was definitely a good reason to stay on them and uh you know like I said it kind of always felt like home so turned pro and uh kind of stuck with it and then went to uh rode for the the K1B BWR team um one year and I was riding a Honda with them and then the next year I stayed on a Honda and then 
had an opportunity to go back to riding some Kawasaki's, and it was uh, kind of an easy decision for me then. So um, it was like felt like I was kind of back at home, you know, looking at the same front fender. And obviously the bikes were different over the years, but um, you know, I just liked that a lot more. And uh, so yeah, I mean, they got the best contingency program out there now. You know, I feel like the bikes are are really competitive, and you know, it's not one of the best bikes on the market. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like home for me. So I'm happy to be on the green bikes and, uh, look forward to get some more time on them in the future for sure. Yeah, it definitely makes sense, especially like, uh, obviously professional supercross is always good to be comfortable. So if you're comfortable on your bike, you're probably going to do, uh, you know, better. So definitely makes sense. Uh, you mentioned you started riding at, at age 10. When did you really, you know, start taking it super serious, hitting the amateur stuff and, uh, you know, realize that you're probably going to go pro with this? Um, yeah, so I started riding when I was 10, and, uh, one of my good childhood friends growing up was, uh, he had a little motorcycle and went to Supercross a couple times with him, and uh, I didn't really know anything about it, but I thought it was super cool. Got the motorcycle, started riding around the backyard, and it didn't take long after that where I was, you know, just kind of a, like a kid in the sandbox, you know, like, acting like you're, uh, out there winning races in your backyard, so, uh, I, I, something I always wanted to do for sure, and then, um, you know, and I, I raced my first race about a year after I started riding, and uh, I just loved it. And it didn't take too long after that. It wasn't wasn't good right off the bat by any means. Uh, but uh, you know, I think when I won my first race was in the I won one in the 85 beginner class, and then it was the uh, the C class. I think the next season, and I, I had a big bike. So uh, you know, I won my first race. I was like, oh man, that really kind of fueled uh, fueled me up a bit, and uh, yeah, then we went to try for Loretta Lynn's uh, shortly after that and qualified to go to Loretta Lynn's in the, the C class and moved up to B class and went there a few more times. And um, So, yeah, I mean, from the beginning, it's something I always wanted to do is race professionally. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a dream for a while. And then, you know, it's like, man, I can make this actually happen. So, um, you know, once you're here, obviously you want to do more. You're never really content with anything. That's, I think, the reason why you get to that point in the first place. So, um you know, I just uh, keep fighting and pushing and, and uh, trying to achieve more goals and what we're out doing. Who were, who were like, kind of, I don't want to say rivals, but who did you kind of come up through, the like, the ranks with? Who did you race with at Loretta's a lot? Um, yeah, I never really had any good performances at, uh, like, Loretta's and stuff, but some of the other amateur nationals, uh, you know, I had some top fives, a couple, uh, couple top three motos and stuff at some of the other big nationals. And, uh, yeah, I want to say, like, uh, oh, shoot, I don't even know really who these guys are racing anymore. I think most of them kind of quit. Um, you know, like, Justin Hill was around that area. Obviously, he's still in it. But, um, you know, some of the Team Green riders, there was, uh, I think, like, Dylan Cox, Dylan Epstein, um, you know, a couple other guys around that era. But, um, yeah, if I had to think of anybody that really still at it right now, is, um Justin, Justin Hill, I think. Okay. Eh, cool. Um, so what would you say, other than obviously the money, which is probably a huge, you know, struggle being, just being a privateer, but what would you say the hardest part about being a privateer is? Um, and the, the time that goes into it and trying to manage so many different things and, uh, and in such a short amount of time, you know, we got to, we got to do the job of, uh, you know, 10 or 12 people and some of the teams they got out there. So, uh, 
you know, between traveling and riding and training and going to the race and get it all dialed in the next weekend. And, uh, you know, that's tough. Um, you know, the money is obviously uh, an issue, but uh, you can't buy time. So, um, you know, doing doing a lot of rolls and uh, making sure you're ready and prepared for the race, um, having good mental confidence edge, you know, it's, uh, it's huge. You know, it's easy to get caught up in all the other stuff that we're doing. So got to find the balance for sure. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I'd say that the time is probably one of the, the biggest things that, that, we would, that I deal with as privateer. Yeah, you're probably always just searching for, you know, that extra couple hours just to get, you know, something else done. It, it, it probably never stops. Uh, what are your, you know, obviously Vegas this weekend. What are your plans for the off season? Are we going to see you at any of the outdoors? Or um, do you guys just get start making some money to do it all again next year? Yeah, um, I got a lot of different schedule going on this year. Normally, I would uh, do some of the nationals and race a lot of the local money races and stuff at home. And then uh, I do work for my, my father's company, too, also when I have time. But um, this year, we're, we're doing a couple off-season races here in May. Uh, we're going to race in Hawaii the week after Vegas. Uh, there's one in Canada coming up the end of May. And then um, June will be a little more low-key. And then the plan is to go over to Europe and race uh, – with my my teammate now John Cross and his team in in Spain do some okay. super crosses over there in, in Spain and and a couple in France and stuff so uh, race over there in July and, and August it looks like and uh, and then we'll make our way back here and start getting ready for Supercross again after that. That's awesome. That's got to be uh, pretty cool to know that you know you get to go race your dirt bike overseas. I think that's one of the coolest you know parts about the sport. It it takes people all over the you know the world just you know to go race dirt bikes yeah it's definitely one of my one of my goals is to you know find a way to 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 travel you know the, the world and race and, and uh you know it's taken a while you know as that was a goal to actually make it you know happen versus just racing in the states you know i've been a couple other places racing but uh, i'm really excited for this this season coming up this summer and, uh hopefully you can make some good connections and get some opportunities to go race over there again. Uh, you know, it's, like I said, it was, it was a goal, so got uh, it's a long time, you know, trying to find a, an opportunity to make it happen, and it's uh, finally here. And how, how did this, like, opportunity come about? Um, yeah, so my teammate, John, he's from Spain, and he's got a team over in in, uh, in Spain. So talking to him this, uh, this off season and be, as I was putting the team together that, that we do here and um, you know he was, he was wanting to come over here and race in the states and, uh, and I was looking to go race other places and uh, you know, we started talking more and more and um, you know and kind of turned into what we're doing now so uh, you know just meeting people and uh, met him last year and he came over and raced a couple supercrosses so kind of talked a little bit here and there and you know, I think it was Instagram and some stuff, and uh, and it all kind of pieced together. So he's been over here for the whole Supercross series, traveling with me, and uh, and, uh, and we'll go over there and stay and travel with him in Europe. Awesome, man. That's super cool, and wish you the best of luck over there. A uh, few more questions here, Bubba. First, how did this nickname come about? <laughs> uh, so my real name is Theodore. My, my dad, uh, Theodore, also, he goes by Ted, so... So kind of tied up a little bit of that. Didn't I guess my family didn't want to call me a junior, so they just started calling me Bubba, and it stuck. And then I thought I would kind of get away from it. And then when I started racing, everybody kind of just knew me as that. And um, you know, it's, 
don't know, catchy, I guess, or yeah. something. So <laughs> we just kind of stuck with it. It's it's uh it's pretty funny how those nicknames just uh, come about randomly, <laughs> but it's it's always a, a cool story to, to figure out how. Um, another question is obviously you say you're from the St. Louis area. We all saw that kick-ass Cardinals uh, gear you had I think two years ago. Uh, were you pretty bummed to see St. Louis off the schedule this year? Yeah, man, it was uh man the St. Louis Supercross was always one of my favorites. You know we had a ton of sponsors and family and friends and everybody come out to the race and. Uh, with it not being on there this year, was uh, you know, it was a bummer. I I heard rumors that it might be on the schedule next year, so hopefully that's true. But I guess we won't know till the schedule comes out. But man, St. Louis has some of the best dirt. Um, I think a lot of riders say that you know it's some of the best dirt for the races, and uh, you know the pits are all indoors, and it's home for me. So I sleep in my own bed and drive to the stadium in the morning, go race. So that's obviously that's pretty cool right there. So, but. Yeah, hopefully it's back in 2020. Yeah, I feel like uh, all the riders really like it because, like you said, the dirt's super good. Um, what would be the next close one to you, Nashville? Uh, Indianapolis is okay. probably the closest for me now. So Nashville's pretty close to that too. So I actually had a lot of family and friends and stuff that came out to both of those races this year. So, um, yeah, it's uh, cool. We got, got cool to have some races in the Midwest. Uh, obviously St. Louis not there, but Indy Nashville or – Full close, and it's uh, cool to see the, the sport growing in those markets. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was at Nashville, and it seemed like a really good crowd. Obviously, with you know all the, the bars and stuff to do around there, it probably made it an easy choice for a lot of people to go to. But, uh, hey, man, before I let you go, who do you want to thank for getting you out there? Man, uh, we got a lot of sponsors helping out the team this year. Um, a lot of you know, a lot of a lot of people helping out. So, uh, TXS Productions on top of the list there. Um, Outlaw Motorsports. Um, from Southern Illinois dealerships, been with me for a couple of years. Can't thank them enough. Uh, Hitch Hotel, uh, Blood Lubricant, Top Secret Design, St. Louis Tattoo, FXR Gear, Ride Helmet, uh, the Moto Hub, um, Thickwick Candles, um, Dirt Tricks, uh, Non A Exhaust, Loose Clutches, um, Route 15 Cycles Guys. Uh, my mechanic Jason, my teammates Scotty and John, everybody. Um, you know, there's there's a lot. Uh, Pirelli Tires, man, they're there every weekend for us. Can't thank them enough. And uh, you know, I've, I know I forgot some guys, but uh, but yeah, there's a big list, and and definitely appreciate everybody's help. We wouldn't be able to to go racing as a privateer team without them. Awesome, man. Well, uh, you uh, drive safe, headed out to Vegas, and best of luck this weekend. And thank you for coming on. Thanks. I appreciate your time. All right, see ya. Thanks. Straight caught up in the game. My life won't be the same. Straight caught up in the game. My life won't be the same. Living the life, that's how I live. Try to get out, tell me how to survive without my crew. Armani's, Ferraris, casinos, hitting jackpots. Good luck, I think not. We own the car from block to block. City to city, all day, every day. It's like a celebration for the criminal nation. Hey, middle, wife and kids, that's what I need. Wanna go out like a man? Try to understand without blood on my hands. Dear God, please save my soul. I put the rest on hold, not 